In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Steve and Marissa, Billy, Kobe, Brooke, friends and family, family by the baptism into which we are baptized into Christ by the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I have to say some hard things to all of you. As a servant of Christ, I am bound to speak his word, his word only. I am confident, however, that if we are frank, we can find even more comfort in the words and promises of our Lord Jesus. We need to admit that suicide is a grave thing. It goes against our Lord's commandment, which, you, which says you shall not murder. And it is a serious thing. The wages of sin, the wages of all sin, is death. And what happened with Ryan last week shows that to be true. Unfortunately, with suicide, it's not a future thing to try to avoid, but it is a present reality that the living now must contend with. The circumstances surrounding Ryan's death have left all of us in a massive confusion and hurt. I know this because of the questions that have swirled in my head ever since Steve called me last Thursday morning. I've heard these questions whispered and spoken out loud, and I think it's important to give voice to these questions here because all of you have asked some of these questions, and you need to know that you're not alone. So what happened? Why didn't I see the signs? Why didn't he just call me? These questions, these questions are hard enough because we cannot answer them. We will never be able to answer these questions. But there also are some darker questions, that questions that have enough power to destroy the person who asks them if they let them persist. What could I have said differently that could have stopped this? What if I had just called him or texted him one day, one hour sooner? Do not give these questions your consideration, because this is Satan at work trying to shift the blame to you so that he can shift upon you a burden that is unbearable and that will eventually crush you. But there's also a theological monster that's lurking here. What is the eternal fate of someone who dies this way? And this one, this one is hard because it appears that there is no time for repentance. So let's think about this question just for a minute because we can't answer this one. One of the things that we must remember is that Jesus died to take away the sin of the whole world. We sing this in the liturgy here on Sunday mornings. 
O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. And if Christ died for all sin, that means that he also died for this one, too. Our Lord says through St. Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Your friends in Christ, this is the only way to address the uncertainty that is plaguing your hearts and your minds right now. What we must do now, the only thing that we can do right now, is listen to the sure and certain promises that Jesus makes to us in his word. There is no one else that we can turn to. Just like Peter in our gospel reading, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So first, I want to note that Ryan was baptized into Christ Jesus. On April 20th, 1997, here, Ryan was baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. When I took him through confirmation class, I told him that that was recorded in the church's record book, and he was very interested to see that. And we flipped through, and we, and we found it, and he said, Thanks, Pastor. Thank you for letting me know that. But even more so, this is what Jesus says about that. In Mark 16, 16, he says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And through the apostle Peter in 1 Peter 3, 21, Jesus says, Baptism now saves you. Jesus has put his saving promise into the waters of holy baptism, and Jesus put his saving promise in the waters of Ryan's baptism. Second, I want you to know that Ryan publicly confessed his faith in the rite of confirmation right here on December 10th, just this past December. This is what Jesus says about that in Matthew 10, 32. Everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. That is... On that day when Ryan said he was with Jesus, Jesus also said that Ryan was with him. We can add to that what Jesus says in John 17. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In John chapter 3, Jesus says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, God so loved Ryan, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world, in order that Ryan might be saved through him. In John 5, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my voice and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. 
In John 10, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. In John 11, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. In John 14, Jesus says, Let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? These are just but a few of the words and promises that Jesus gives to those who belong to him. And make no mistake, Ryan Neal belonged to Jesus. Jesus bought him from sin and death by the shedding of his blood. He marked him with the sign of the Holy Cross on his forehead and on his heart and the day in which he was baptized. There are so many more passages that we could look to that have similar words and promises of God. And this, dear friends in Christ, is the only thing that can cut through this, the, the swirling and unanswerable questions that invariably come with this kind of tragedy. For in these promises, we see and hear God's good and gracious will toward us. This is what led Job to confess on our Old Testament reading, I know that my Redeemer lives. This is what Paul led Paul to be convinced in our epistle reading, that nothing in heaven or on earth could separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. People loved by God, Jesus has the words of eternal life. No speculation about Ryan's state of mind or what his heart was saying to him. There's nothing that we could say or have done differently that will end in a satisfactory way. The answers to those questions can't undo what has already been done. But when we go to Jesus, he speaks the words of eternal life to us. His word not only promises to give us life, but it does, in fact, also have the power to raise the dead. So I don't know what happened to Ryan. I don't know why he did what he did. But I do know that Ryan is baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know that he confessed his faith. I know that he spent time hearing and reading the Bible with me. But I also know that he spent some time reading his Bible before he closed his eyes in this life. I also know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, what Jesus promises to those who belong to him in his holy and gracious word. Flee to Christ. Look to the wounded hands and feet and side of our Savior Jesus. For there... We see that God has given us his only son, who has not spared him, but has given, us, given him up for us all, has given him for Ryan, that we might have 
that he might have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.